yesterday was beautiful. Would you join with me in a word of prayer? Father, we thank you, God, for worship that uh, enables us to come into your presence. We also thank you for your word that gives us understanding and, and, and enlightens, changes, actually transforms our minds as we uh, are renewed by it. And so, Lord, we just pray that you'd be present here this morning as we examine your word and as you lead us in your word. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Glory. Hallelujah. This morning, could you turn me down, please? Thank you. That's what that meant. <clears throat> so, it is September. It's a new month. And uh, I've been actually kind of chomping at the bit uh, to preach a series on prayer. Uh, actually, and this is the result of some things that uh, have occurred, and I'll get to that in a minute. Um, but we're going to start uh, this Sunday and over the course of the next several Sundays, uh, talk about uh, prayer. <clears throat> and uh, just open up with a scripture, First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17, is one of those uh, verses that's great to memorize. <laughs> How many you know five? There you go. That's why it's great to memorize. It's only three words. <laughs> Pray without ceasing. How many can memorize that one? How many can do it? <laughs> Pray without ceasing. And, uh, of course, that's in the list. And we're not going to go through the whole uh, list of things that uh, Paul was writing to the uh, uh, Thessalonians, Thessalonians. There you go. <clears throat> From Thessalonica. All right. <clears throat> uh, but this was one of them. Pray without ceasing. And uh, in another translation, it says, never stop praying. Or don't stop praying. The message says, pray all the time. Pray all the time. And uh, actually, it was at 2.30 a.m. last night. Well, hopefully all of you were sleeping. I was woken up. Oh, I hate it when that happens. <clears throat> I was woken up and was like, pray without ceasing. Why pray without ceasing? Really? This is... I feel it was God talking to me. Maybe it was my brain just kicking in the gear. Notes were all done. Do them on Friday. And I heard, I felt I heard from the Lord <clears throat> as I was laying in bed trying to get back to sleep. But it was going over my mind. Why pray without ceasing? Why, why, why does it say that? Why does it say that? And I felt the answer is that because the purpose of prayer is not to get an answer, but to continue the conversation. <laughs> That's what I thought. I was like, ah, i got to write that down. <laughs> so I got up and walked. I found a piece of paper, wrote it down, went back to bed. <clears throat> Why do we not stop praying? Because the purpose of prayer is not just to get an answer, but to continue the conversation. You know, and think of that. Drop it down or, or take that principle or this idea down to a, a, a relationship with another individual. What would it be like if the only reason I talked to Adam Shockley was to get an answer for a question? And as soon as I got the answer, I was done with Adam. You know, what kind of relationship would that be? Huh? Annoying. For Adam. 
<laughs> yeah, I would like to be an interrogator, right? Or whatever. A newspaper reporter. Okay, we got the information. I've been interviewed by the newspaper. Like, as soon as you say enough sound bites, they thank you and hang up. You know, they got enough. They can write a story from that. Great. Perfect. Great. Boom. You know, they don't call back and say, hey, let's do lunch. Uh-huh. <clears throat> I don't know. And that's the idea with, with God. Is that, and if we think that the purpose of prayer is just to get an answer, we're really not understanding what prayer is all about. Because prayer is about having a conversation or developing a relationship with God. And it's something that we're not supposed to stop. Now, you can understand this verse <clears throat> in different ways. Um, and some people take it literally like, oh, does this mean I'm supposed to pray 24-7? How am I supposed to do that? But what it really means is don't stop praying. Right? Don't get to the, a place in your life where you're frustrated and you give up on God. All right? That you, that you stop praying because it's not working. Well, you're only saying it's not working because you're evaluating it based on a criteria that you created. All right? And maybe God wants to teach you that you're not the one that sets the criteria. He is. Alright, so we keep praying. We keep praying. How long? We just keep praying. Don't stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. And so the, the uh, purpose of this uh, series is to encourage us and to stimulate an increase in the amount and the level of prayer in our lives. <clears throat> and so I, I, um, I want to both get people started, as well as help people advance, all right? Um, and, and I don't know where you all are in your prayer life, but I know that it's, you know, there's a wide range. Some people can easily pray every day for hours. Other people don't know how to spend two minutes in prayer. They don't even, and you may, may be a Christian, you may have a solid faith, but not understand how to carry on a conversation or how the dynamics work. And uh, I also, I just, over the course of this summer, I was kind of digging into this idea and thinking that just telling someone to pray, especially a new Christian or someone that's unfamiliar with the disciplines of Christianity, that they need to pray, you know, I realize that it, it may seem almost an impossible task if you don't know what it means like you need to pray how long you know 15 minutes an hour a day you know what do you do um <clears throat> kathy as many of you know my wife about a year ago started running uh, <laughs> what a thought <laughs> really she's never done anything like that in her life and uh and so she got some program and it actually told her exactly what to do every day like walk X number of minutes, and, then, and it was very incremental, very gradual over the course of the winter. And by spring, she ran a 5K. But every day, she had a regimen that she had to do. And I'm a different kind of person. <clears throat> when I decide I want to do something, I don't want anybody to tell me how to do it. <laughs> and I don't need it. You know, I, I don't need someone to tell me how to ride 30 miles on my bicycle. I, I've, I've done it, you know, I just, or, or if I want to get up to 100 miles, I know how to do it. I don't need a, a checklist. But Kathy really benefited from having a very 
very line upon line, incremental process. And I realized, wow, a lot of things in the kingdom are like that. Okay, some people just need to be given the destination. All right. You need to spend, you know, hours in the presence of God. Oh, okay, I'll do that. You know, other people need to be given more of a strategy or incremental steps on how to do that. One is not better than the other, guys. Okay, just people are wired differently. And and when and if you're if you have difficulty spending time in the presence of God, maybe you just haven't found the system or the technique or the information to know how to do that. And so the purpose of this series is actually to equip you with some of those things, as well as to challenge some of us to go higher or farther, to take it to the next level or to go deeper. I'm going to talk about some pathways of prayer that may be unfamiliar and uh uh, new to some of us, and some of the things I'm going to talk about are really ancient and have been around and part of the church uh, for over uh, almost 2,000 years. <clears throat> and so uh, we're going to look at, over the course of several weeks, both some uh, big ideas about the destination of where we're aiming for, but also some methodologies or methods or systems by which you can begin to increase the level of your prayer life. And, and you can pick and choose. You can try something. I encourage you to try some of the different things we offer for a season, for a week, for a month. Uh, try several of them until you, or modify them until you learn how you can spend uh, more time in the presence of God, communing with Him in prayer. And so <clears throat> uh, I'm actually going to have Tori come up and share uh, a system that she has been using recently, and uh, she was talking to me about it, and I said, why don't you just talk about it on Sunday? So, your story. Give her a welcome. Now it is. Okay. Hey, everybody. Um, yeah, so this is what happens when you tell your pastor testimony. No, just kidding. Um, I've been reading the book Too Busy Not to Pray by Bill Hybels, and um, I really recommend it. it. It really helped me get a strategy um, for how to pray more consistently and to have a little bit more structure in my prayer time, because I knew how to, like, sit down and just ramble with God, but um, that wasn't happening consistently and it wasn't really structure so um the two things that i've really gotten from this book have been the importance of consistent structured prayer time and the acts prayer model which i'll cover in a minute but why pray consistently um like he just talked about why we need to pray without ceasing but like praying at a consistent time i've really learned the benefit of this in my life in the past month um prayer is critical for taking care of your spiritual man just um, as your body needs food or exercise, your physical body, so your spirit needs prayer to stay healthy. Um, and just like you need a structured plan to lose weight or a, a vision, like, like Dad was saying, um, you need a structured plan for taking care of your spiritual man. Um, yeah, I was going to use the same example <laughs> of, uh, yeah, of running regularly. You know, like If you're going to exercise, if you're going to run to lose weight, you have to do something about it every day. You have to do it every day. 
Um, and the same thing, if you want to grow with God, if you want to strengthen your spiritual man, you need to do it every day. Um, which used to be really hard for me. <laughs> but it's so worth it. Um, Bill Hybels describes this plan that you have as non-negotiable. Um, and I've really seen that be true in my life and in lives of people around me. As soon as your strategy becomes negotiable, the first day you say, oh, I'll just do it tomorrow, then you've basically just given the enemy a surefire way to take you down. <laughs> because, um, yeah, it'll I mean you could keep going for three weeks or so or even a month or two, but then as soon as you're like, oh, I'll just do it later, that happens more and more, and it just fizzles out, which is what I had seen happen in my own life with my prayer life. Oh, I'm too tired this morning. I'm going to hit the snooze button again. And then it just went out the window for me. So what's happened in my life, um, I just got married a couple months ago. And um, as others who have gotten married have experienced, I'm sure your flaws get bigger when you get married. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's what I mean. Magnified was the word I used. Yeah, big surprise. So I would get... I get anxious and frustrated, or I, I did get anxious and frustrated and upset really easily, and I know it was more noticeable, a lot more noticeable, when I was with somebody all the time. <laughs> um, even something really small, like like clutter on the counter, would just like pile up over the day, and I would just lose it, which I'm not. It would make me even feel like a failure, like the enemy was using it against me, like, you can't keep your house clean. I'm like, ah. So, Peter was great, really supportive, like, telling me that that wasn't my identity at all or anything, but um, after a few weeks of him seeing me be so affected by my circumstances, we both were like, this needs to change. It was very discouraging. Uh, So, Peter challenged me and said I had to get up and pray before I could go anywhere every day. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty awesome, actually. Yeah, and even if I was late for work, I'm like, what if I'm going to be late? And he's like, too bad, you should have gotten up earlier. (laughs) So I started doing that. (laughs) The next day I got up and I followed the Acts prayer model because I'd been reading that book. And afterwards, I didn't really notice how much of a difference. I was like, great, I just lost half an hour of sleep. But uh, later throughout that day, it was really amazing. Like, I I was not, I felt like, I could endure so much more. Like I, it, all these little things were just sliding off my back. It was awesome. And Peter was like, "You're doing this every day for the rest of your life." <laughs> so um, yeah, it was really amazing. It was very noticeable change. I was a much happier, laid-back, peaceful person, and not getting anxious all the time, not getting frustrated about small things that I had taken for granted. Like, yeah, that's just what happens with me. I just need to clean this up. And he's like, no, you just need to be with God. (laughs) So um, it's also interesting to note there have been, I'll admit, a couple days where I didn't do it first thing in the morning. And it's been amazing to see myself slip right back into anxiousness and frustration and just being crabby right away. (laughs) So I've... I pray really quickly when I start noticing that's happening. But do it first thing in the morning is what I've found is really good for me. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there could be another time of the day that's good for you. But, I like, there's a lot of things in scriptures about praying, like, um, in the Psalms, praying when the sun comes up, spending time with God. Um, and that really sets the tone for your day, as I have learned. <laughs> so the Acts prayer model. Um, this is really an approach for how to talk to God, like how to bring your request to God, how to enter into his presence, I've found. Um, I, it's really given me a lot of structure and direction. So, X. A stands for adoration. C stands for confession. 
T stands for thanksgiving, and S stands for supplication. Um, Hybels also suggests that you write down your prayers, um, which is something I've kind of done off and on, but I've really been doing it pretty diligently um, this past month that I've been doing this, and it's been really cool because you can look back and go, wow, I asked God for that, or I was praising God about this, and something came through later that week in that same vein, or even that same day. Um, Yeah, it's really cool. So, adoration. Um, It's kind of, like, you can kind of figure it out just by what they are. Like, some people could just take that and just run with it, but it really helped me to go into detail about each one and get a little bit more explanation. Heibel spent a whole chapter in his book on this model. Um, It's praising God for who he is and what he's done. Lots of psalms and some worship songs are really good for getting you in this tone and in this mindset. Um, Quite often I'll have worship music going right at the beginning and just be like, oh God, you are so holy. That, That word, especially holy for me, really helps me focus on being in awe and truly adoring God. Like, wow, you are so much greater than me. You are holy, holy, holy. And also lately, I've been really um, picturing like the throne room of God. Um, That really helps set the tone of like, okay, you are king and I am honored to be your daughter. I am blessed to be able to walk into your court and have this privilege of this being able to converse with you. Um, That really puts everything else in the right light when you're focusing first on who he is. Uh, Next is confession. Um, In the book, Hybels points out that it's really powerful to be specific when you confess. Um, which is a challenge often. We just want to say, oh, I'm sorry for, you know, slipping away yesterday. Or um, my example is like, I'm sorry for not treating my husband well. And uh, it's way more powerful to actually name the sin. I'm sorry for snapping at my husband and putting my comfort before his needs. That's way more like, oh, man. <laughs> so also being specific really helps you change your behavior faster. Because if Every day you're writing down, I'm sorry for snapping at Peter. You get It gets old really fast. <laughs> yeah, um, and it goes away, mostly. <laughs> no, it goes away after a while. Um, it's also made me be a lot more honest with myself and with God. Like, wow, okay, this is exactly how I am not walking in line with you. And I'm going to change that through your forgiveness and your power. Um, afterwards is Thanksgiving, which is always fun. I love Thanksgiving. <laughs> um, it's really easy for me. I could just go on and on, like, thank you for everything around me. Thank you for the sunshine, and thank you. Anyway, I ramble right there. But um, I really liked what Hybels did is he brought he broke it down into four areas so that you could be more focused with that. And rather than just rambling on and off, uh, you can really bring more power in remembering specific things. So the first area he gives thanks is for answered prayers. Uh, so different areas in his life where he's seen things come through. He's right away remembering that. Um, spiritual blessing is the next place where he gives thanks. So like God giving you spiritual protection or growth and peace, stuff like that. Uh, then he does relational blessing. So, you know, people in your life, it's pretty straightforward. And then material blessing. So like your your shelter and food and other gifts that he's given you. Finally comes supplication. This is when you ask God for whatever is on your heart, your requests. Um, Hybels also broke this down into categories, which has helped me be more specific and have more order rather than just, okay, there's a zillion things I can thank God for at this point or ask God for at this point. Um, so first, he um, 
prays and asks requests for his ministry, and I also through work in there. Um, so, okay, God, help bless the church. Um, help bring more direction for me at my job. Stuff like that. Um, then he asks for things involving people, his friends and influential people in uh, the nation or anyone else that God's putting on your heart. Then he will bring his request to God about his family. It's kind of like getting down closer and closer to his heart, I guess, um, which is really good um, for it's pretty self-explanatory here, family. Um, and then finally, after he's adored God, confessed, given thanks, and prayed for others, he will ask God for his own needs. And I found that using this model has really been great because I'm in such a different perspective after doing all of those things, after praising God and thinking about him, after thanking him and confessing, praying for everyone else around me, then I'm really thinking about what really matters to me rather than just like, oh, you know, I'd love to get a bonus today or whatever. It's like, oh, God, I need to have, I don't know, prayer request of mine lately has been just to have more energy and focus. But um, it's been really good. And um, one cool thing on testimony also from this is that I was asking God for Peter to get some more private lesson students and that very week, um, two more people out of the blue just signed up and started taking private lessons from him. And then since then, we've had about eight more potentials that could um, become students. So that's been really awesome. Like, wow, I just prayed for that this morning. <laughs> so that was really exciting. Um, the last thing I want to say is use this. if you use this plan, use it with freedom. Um, the first couple days, I was, like, trying to, like, he suggests writing down an equal distance apart, like an A, to cue for you to go for adoration, and then, you know, C. And I gave myself big paragraphs, and it took way too long. <laughs> like, I would love to do that, but I don't have an hour and a half every morning right now <laughs> to do that. So I've been using it really loosely, like, okay, yeah, I need to think about adoration right now. All right, I'm slowing down there. Let's go into confessing and just going more fluidly throughout rather than like, I have to do this and I have to do this. And if Thanksgiving pops up over here, I'm not going to get upset about it. <laughs> so, yeah, um, if you have consistency with doing it every day, that's made a huge difference. And then a structured guidelines, then you're definitely going to see growth in your spiritual man. Thanks. Well done. <clears throat> well done. Good job, Tori. Um, the ACTS uh, acronym or model for prayer has been used by probably millions of Christians. It is one of the more commonly taught uh, acronyms. Um, um, and uh, I mentioned to Tori that I was going to be teaching on prayer. She, she said, wow, that's just something that she's been impacted on. And she shared the whole ACTS uh, model. Personally, I've never used the, that that's, that format uh, because I learned another format, and I'm going to be teaching on that next week. <clears throat> but this is a really solid, uh, easy to remember, easy to implement, and it's scalable. Uh, you can take five minutes and go through each one of those, or you can take five hours. You know, as much time as you have, you can make sure you touch on all four of those points and as Tori said <clears throat> if you're di if you're consistent with it your prayer life will increase and so what i realize is that many people and again this is not 
to say you're less of a Christian or you're not as good of a person in any way. But many people, you know, say, okay, I'm going to pray more. And then they get on their knees and they're like, what, what does that mean? What do I do? Okay, God, I'm going to pray more. Um, weather's nice. <laughs> you know, and I just under, I understand, I just have an appreciation, I guess, or an awareness, greater awareness of, of what, uh, how great of a challenge that can be. And so, this model of adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication breaks it down in a, into a very easy way. And, and, and uh, you can look up those words and you get Bill Heibel's book, which is a phenomenal book on prayer, and, and begin implementing it. Jesus told a story in Luke chapter 18, 1 through 8. I'm going to read through this. <clears throat> One day, Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. How's that sound? Always pray and never give up. He says, there was a judge in a certain city. He said, Jesus said, who neither feared God nor cared about people. A widow of that city came to him repeatedly saying, give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. And the judge ignored her for a while. But finally he said to himself, I don't fear God and I don't care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. (laughs) I'm going to see that she gets justice just because she's wearing me out with her constant requests. All right? And then the Lord said, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, Jesus tells you. He will grant justice to them quickly. But when the Son of Man returns, how many will He find on earth who have faith? That little last sentence uh, kind of catches people because where is that coming from? And Jesus is saying, when He returns, you know, is He going to find anyone that's really living by these principles? Living by faith. Living in that confident assurance that God is going to hear their prayers and answer with justice. Alright? We give up because we think our prayers are not being heard. Alright? We give up praying or waiting on God or pushing into an area, you know, probably for many reasons, but Often it's because we, we, we think God's ignoring us. Maybe we think we, we're not qualified. Uh, uh, for whatever reason, we, we lower the standard and we stop praying. And Jesus says, don't stop praying. Here, an unjust judge, a person who doesn't believe in God and doesn't care about people, can be swayed, can be per, uh, persuaded his mind was changed and he was moved to action. How? By, by the consistency of the requests of a widow. Now, understand the cultural reference here. A widow in that day had zero influence, zero power. 
That judge did not have to listen to her. He could ignore her. He could have had her put in prison if he wanted to. All right? No rights whatsoever. No one to defend her. All right? He didn't have to do anything. Yet because of her consistency, even an unjust, ungodly, rude, arrogant person who had power and privilege was changed. How much more our loving Father will be changed to influence our circumstances based on our cry. Now notice it does say, and Jesus, His chosen people who cry out to Him day and night. Alright? And so, I think that we need to understand that there's something... I mean, Jesus is saying, don't give up, because you know what? It takes perseverance. It takes consistency. It may take a long time. And that's part of the dynamic of prayer. In the midst of that duration of time or effort, and it differs. Sometimes you can pray something, and that very day, oh, I prayed and God answered, yay! You know, and that's wonderful. We rejoice in that. It's right to rejoice in that. God hears our prayer. Sometimes you pray for something, and it takes Days, weeks, months, years, decades. All right, we're going to talk about some of that in later weeks. The point that Jesus is making is that we should always pray and not give up. Never give up. Never give up. When do you give up? Never. You keep praying. You keep. And, and <clears throat> I got blasted. I, I remember when it happened. I was, in the, I was in the parking lot of Maple Hill Mall. This was ah, 10, 15 years ago. All right? I, I don't even know what I was praying about. Okay? Long gone, forgot, lost in memory. <clears throat> but I had been praying about something. And I was like begging God. I was begging Him. Begging, begging, begging. And I heard God just as clear. It was one of those times where it was almost audible. And I could tell he was a little teed off. (laughs) This is why I remember it. He's like, my kids don't beg. So he said, my kids don't beg. You're begging, you're not my kid. That's not the characteristic of my children. To that effect, my kids don't beg. That's That's what I heard. Kind of with that attitude. <laughs> and it just froze me. It was like, mm. yeah, oops. What does that mean? Because like, I got into a begging state. I was begging. I'm like, wait a minute. That, reveal, that revealed something about me, and it revealed something about who I perceive God to be. I didn't perceive God to be a loving, generous father that was just looking for ways to bless my socks off. I perceived him as a stingy, you know, uh, distant person that I had to try to negotiate with or convince that he needed to act on my behalf. And so I had to repent of 
a sinful attitude about myself that I didn't deserve or wasn't worthy or wasn't in right position with God. And I had to repent of a sinful attitude about the character and nature of my loving Father. It revealed this to tons of, tons of things. And from that point on, I, I, I may have slipped a few times, but I, I like, I'm really careful. It's like, God, I don't beg. I ask. And I come with expectation that He's going to grant. But I do that with perseverance. And there's a big difference between being persevering and always praying and not giving up and going over the line to begging. And I play this out with my kids. <laughs> Use this as an example. I'm like, <clears throat> if my kids ask for something once, I forget it. Because they're constantly, especially at a certain age, they're highly influenced by television commercials. <laughs> right? And, like, and they have to describe the commercial to me, which already gets me a little upset. You know, there's this thing and this thing, and it does this. <laughs> Like it doesn't really do that, you know. When it was on TV, <laughs> you know, it's the bum 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 bum. They always have good names, you know. It's like constantly, every day, and, it's, and, and so. But if they ask for something repeatedly, <clears throat> then it goes up on the level, you know. It's like this kid's really thought about this. He really wants this, and and then I, then it gets to well, if you really want it, put it on the list, you know. So we have a birthday list. When birthdays are gone. We have the Christmas. Put it on your Christmas list. You know, and they work that Christmas lift over and over and over. <laughs> you know, and they'll, they'll cross things out and then they'll change it because they're working. It's like, what do you really want? Because I want to know what they really want. You know, and not just something they saw on TV that breaks after a few minutes. But then if they keep asking for something, even if I'm inclined to give it, but they're bugging me about it. Okay, there's a point at which I say, listen, if you... I got it. I understand you want this. I understand why you want it. And I'm, uh, and I'm thinking about it. All right? If you ask again, you won't get it. <laughs> now, this only works if, if you're a person of your word. Because if you say that, and then they ask, and you end up getting it, then you can never use that again. And you've just lost a very useful tool in parenting. Okay? <clears throat> Do I live that way? Do I? My, my own daughter says, this is how it works. In the right. At that point, you stop asking. Or I'll say, let me think about it for a month and then tell, tell me. You know, This just trains the kids. <clears throat> but the point is, is that there's a difference between being persistent. That's just an example out of my life with my kids, my kids' life. There's a difference between being persistent and begging. You don't like people to beg things for me. But there's a right place of being persistent and it shows that you really value this but if you ask for something for a week or two and then you forget about it you know what you really don't value it and maybe god wants you to value it more how do you demonstrate value by crying out day and night persistently <clears throat> in another translation that first verse says he spoke a parable to them to teach it's always right to pray i like it that i like those words you know, can I pray about this? I'm like, man, you can pray about anything, anytime. You can always go to your father and ask. All right? That's what it's all about. Pray consistently, never quit. Colossians 4.2 Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it 
with thanksgiving. Steadfastly, consistent pace. Okay? Say consistent pace. That means you don't pray hard for a few weeks and then stop praying for six months. And you get convicted about it because you haven't prayed for six months. Pray hard for a week and then stop praying for six Find a way to pray consistently, even if it's three minutes a day. Good start. You know, next week at a minute. You can do it. Ephesians 6.18, I'm just going to whip through this verse in two translations and we'll close. <clears throat> Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for the saints. Or in the message, it says it this way, in the same way, prayer is essential in this ongoing warfare. Pray hard and long. Pray for your brothers and sisters. Keep your eyes open. Keep each other's spirits up so that no one falls behind or drops out. So the purpose of this series is to give you some tools and to encourage you on how to pray hard and to pray long. Uh, just real quick, I do want to mention that there, this book impacted me. There are only 10 copies available of it in the foyer, and I'm going to be drawing from it over the course of the next month. It's called The Folly of Prayer. I highly recommend it, and there's a, you can buy it for a discounted rate in our foyer. Uh-huh. Adam has some other announcements. Please welcome him.